Oh, of course it starts recording. Again. It's all good. Rich and I are going to break into the concept of breaking, but uh, okay. the uh, what we're drinking too. I picked up some. Uh, I was in Jersey uh, all last week, so I was also on vacation, and um, I picked up some Dogfish Head, uh, the alternate takes volume four. So it's their whiskey series. Uh, this one is finished in Utopia barrels and uh, Oloroso sherry barrels. Ooh, nice! Is it a, a good sipper? It's very good. Yeah, I actually have. Uh, I've been, I guess, collecting these throughout the years. I didn't realize how many I still had over there. So I have volume two over there about halfway full. Um, I forget what that one was. And I have their, apparently you can only get these in Jersey. Um, I like their beer, so I started buying their their spirits. Um, they're like 51% or 51 proof um, whiskey too, which is actually surprisingly good. Uh, I forget, but it's called Let's Get Lost, I think. Yeah, it's so uh, it's funny. The we just drove back through the Bourbon Trail here in wow. Kentucky, and uh, I don't know if, you're, if you're familiar with the the uh, Bardstown Distillery, um, they've just one of those distilleries that have just like really expanded over time. They're building more rick houses now; like it's ridiculous. Um, every time I drive up that way, and it's not that far from here; it's like maybe two and a half, three hours. Um, it's it's just ridiculous. Like they're always building like three or four and like this time it's like now there's more like now there's more across the um it's not interstate but it's a uh, parkway and uh, it's been ridiculous like there's so many of them and it's 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 like starting to get like to the to where like maybe a jim bean is at you know mm -hmm. it's it's pretty wild on how expanded they're becoming so i have a feeling that you'll see them like in that same breath as like a jim bean or a real common urban, you know just due to volume is anything with the word bardstown in it um i've become friends with the guy down the street because our dogs are friends and uh he took me to the von c brewing company which is a local uh beer brewery but apparently it's the same family that used to not run but i think they were like the main crafters for schmidt beer which oh. i never heard of but apparently that was a big thing in philadelphia like forever until like the 1980s so yeah um they do um very german beers but they had this really uh, i'm looking to see what it was called now because it was a fantastic um yeah schmidt's beer yeah yeah, yeah founded in 1860. yeah yeah these are like within walking distance so like i could stumble over there and stumble back if i wanted to oh that's and, awesome uh, <laughs> yeah, very very good and uh it was credit too they were doing um what the hell they call that uh quizzo they were doing quizzo that night gotcha gotcha um but yeah no so um i don't know i had a kind of a thought i'd uh i started playing tops bunt which is a digital card collecting app uh, for baseball um and it's just it's it's just mindless it really is it's um you know one of those apps it's free but it can cost money um not anything you know out of this world uh as far as you know app experience but it, it's it can really sink your time away i'll say that um so you know uh rich i know I, we just uh, talked about it prior to recording but it's kind of like uh playing vampire survivors mindless where it's like oh crap like 30 minutes have gone away <laughs> i've just sat here crafting cards um like it's just one of those type of experiences but apparently it's been around for over a decade and um you know, uh, my daughter's gotten really big into physical collecting. Um, 
you know, it, and it's a, it, the hobby is different than it was when we were all kids. Um, but apparently, Bob started buying physical packs just based off this app. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a fucking I have that addictive personality, and uh, so well, so here's what happened. Really, is Peyton has all of a sudden like for the longest time hockey was his favorite sport. And then he started getting into football a little bit, and he was still hockey was still his favorite. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I guess maybe the World Series kind of sparked him, and he's like, "I really like baseball." And so he he's gotten really into baseball all of a sudden. And so I was like, "All right, well, maybe this is a cool way to to kind of pique his interest in in the sport even more and help help foster that, you know, that." burgeoning flame of love for baseball because that i mean growing up i mean rich i know you, you know you played t-ball for a little bit tom uh, you played some baseball yeah, I, you know, I played baseball it's a very little bit of little league yep and, and so and i know we all used to collect baseball cards even though rich i know you you know it's well documented that you're not the biggest sports fan in the world but even it, it, that's how big the hobby was when we were kids was you had a favorite baseball player, George Brett. And so, you know, you collected George Brett. I collected Phillies and Ken Griffey Jr. and Nolan Ryan. You know, Tom liked some degenerate by the name of Barry Bonds. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. but uh, <laughs> you know. it, It's funny because a podcast was just talking about this. Um, I think the viewership for the World Series between from when we were kids and last year was down something like 57%. Or something along those lines. Well, and that's something that I wanted to talk about too, um, if we get the chance. But there's there's a, a young player who's who's come up that's ruffling some feathers, and I fucking love it. I absolutely love it because for years baseball, and they're still, and, and all the rule changes they've done this year have been to try and drag in the the younger generation and the younger viewers, and it's working to a degree, but. There's this kid that's playing now. He's a rookie for the Reds by the name of Ellie De La Cruz. This fucking kid is pissing everybody off, and I love it. Like, yeah, like even yesterday, he's he stole uh, second, third, and home yeah. um, on two pitches, and apparently it was the first Cincinnati Red to do it in like a hundred years. Yeah, but he's he's celebrating. He's doing like he's he's God forbid, and I know this isn't allowed. He's having fun playing baseball, and well, you were saying he's, he was dancing or celebrating. So it was yes. and I love it. I love that they're spitting out their dentures and disgust at this young kid having fun, having fun playing baseball. The fucking audacity of this kid! Get him out of the league. He should be fined and banned for life. Shut the fuck up. He's having fun. He's bringing viewers to your fucking team to your sport that aren't in a nursing home drinking fucking prune juice wearing their depends shut the fuck up and enjoy it wow that was good i should have stopped right there mm. <laughs> now um he's but, not going um, bench but... yeah and, well, and, and, well, and here's here's where okay so this is a great lead-in actually so now you get into the part of card collecting where we're at now and we can we can go back in time too when we collected um, which we've talked about here before, and we've Bob, uh, we've poked fun at you about trying to sell cards, or at least the the, the one shop did. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> it. 
Um, but we've, we've talked about cards before, and I, I think that was a good conversation. And I'm certain that we can circle back to how it was when we were all younger. Um, but obviously, the hobby's changed, and it's uh, very different now. So a player like De La Cruz, though, his cards are going for a way premium. And now you have the you know, um, insert, parallel, autograph, uniform, whatever city on top of all that. Um, that's been existent now for the last couple of decades, obviously, in, in, in mass, if you will. Um, but now it's just different because the, the thing is you have kind of a twofold thing. One, it's really hard. You can't just go into a store like we used to 20 years, 30 years ago and be like, oh, yeah, I want to get three packs of tops. Mainly because they're not there. You know, a lot of the retailers aren't carrying them. The hobby shops will have them, but they're they're at a premium price. Um, and now you have your differences between your retail packs, your hobby packs, your blaster boxes, your whatever. You've got all this stuff. Um, and so that kind of led into another part of the market um, with, okay, maybe I can't find this said uh, set or this uh, said type of card that I want because they're all bought up. Well, they're bought up by either insane collectors or people that sell breaks. So, Rich, do you want to just kind of run through us what card breaking is? Uh, yeah, now, like Bob said, I, I don't, I don't really follow baseball, but for whatever reason, I watch a lot of YouTube, and I watch people open baseball cards on YouTube, and I don't know why because I don't know the players, I don't know <laughs> the people opening the cards. Like one of them was actually, I guess he was a baseball player for a while, like Phil Phil Hughes. Is that who it was? Phil Spools. He was like a pitcher for something, and he opened baseball cards online for a little bit. Um, he's kind of gone missing for a while so he might be dead or OD whatever <laughs> happens to baseball guys I don't know um but yeah but the idea of a break is uh a lot of times you see it with higher end stuff but people do it with like you know new stuff or whatever too um basically you're buying into a box and you're buying into um certain things in the box uh some of them are random but sometimes you buy into a division or you buy into a a team um like let's say you want to buy uh like uh, what's the big the tops finest or whatever like yeah finest chrome Bowman chrome whatever yeah yeah so you pay fifty bucks for um, either a random team thing where they randomize what team you get or what division you get or like let's say you buy forty dollars for the Brewers or or sixty dollars for the Yankees <clears throat> so as they're opening up the thirty six packs or whatever that's in that box you get all the players from that team or that division uh, go to you. Yeah, and it, I mean, I'm sure it happens uh, not televised, but on YouTube they, you know, they do everything live stream or whatever. So you're watching them open up the stuff, so you know you're not getting cheated from whatever the the break is. Right, and that's the part that kind of gets me. So I've, uh, I'll be honest, I really didn't. I, you know, look, we've all watched YouTube to see people open stuff over the years, whether it's baseball cards or anything really. Yeah. I, I think it's um, one of those things that, like, say, let's say somebody buys this unique you know, video game set or pack that has something that we're never going to get our hands on and they get it. And it's like, Oh, this has this, this map or this booklet or this, whatever it's artwork. And it's neat. It's neat to see because you never have your hands on it or it's like, okay, that's what it looks like. Then I'm going to go try to buy it. So it's a, it's a, it's been a concept that's been around for a long time. Now the problem with breaking though, is that I'm not saying the entire industry is like this, but my big gripe is I've seen plenty of videos of sleight of hand 
So let's say somebody pulls, they buy the Reds, and they put that $50 on the Reds, and they get all the Reds cards, and somebody pulls a De La Cruz that's limited to out of five or out of ten or whatever it is, um, which is now going for several hundred or thousand plus dollars, and immediately it's like, oop, oh, I and then it's gone. Even on a live stream, that magician sleight of hand trick, I don't know. Like, I was so bothered seeing some of the videos that were like that, that, like, I almost hate that entire part of the hobby, even though I understand it because it's with the, it's with technology, it's with the times. It makes sense. It's what people do. They record themselves opening stuff up. But, man, that sleight of hand stuff, especially with cards, just, oof, not cool at all. I don't know. Have you guys seen those videos where people are pulling stuff aside and hiding it? Or I, I've not seen sight of hand. I've been watching. Uh, it's like two brothers from um, the Pittsburgh area. Uh, one's Jab's family, and the other one's like out of the past. He does toys and stuff too. Um, they seem legit. Like I've never seen them rip anybody off or stuff like that. But I mean, I've, I guess it happens. Yeah, I've I've seen. I you know, there's um. I've seen them on YouTube and, you know, I've seen it on Twitter and other, just other sites. And it's not, it's, I, don't, I can't say it's often, you know, but it, uh, there's uh, some main ones um, that, that they act as, um, you know, I, I guess overall they are, hey, we have 50 different card breakers that work for us um, and they're pretty popular. And even they, even then, like those people still aren't like foolproof. They still have one person that may have been doing some good stuff for them for six, eight months or more. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh crap, I have a $10,000 card in my hand. So it's a quick sleight of hand trick. Boom. Put to the side. I don't know. Like, I know it doesn't happen often, but it happens often enough to where it's uh, not a cool part of the hobby at all. Mm -hmm. um, and basketball cards are the worst with it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the Panini like sets at all or that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Panini is um, weird because I I don't know how deep or off topic we want to get, but Panini never had there at least in the last couple of years never had the MLB team uh, license. So when you're buying their cards, at least for baseball, you don't get any of the the logos or stuff on the card, which I never understood why you'd want to. Card of that, and now they don't have the MLB like they don't have the Players Association license at all. So if you're opening up Panini products that are baseball, you're either getting a uh, draft or guys that are in the minors, or you're getting people that don't play anymore. Kind of like the classic, uh, yeah. the classic cards. What I so this is I now I've been out of the hobby for God years and years and years, probably ten years or more. You know, like occasionally picking up a, a, a tops pack when um, when like I was at Wawa or whatever, and I see him at the counter. But what's amazing to me is how baseball has been whittled down. It's just tops. Mm -hmm. Well, they actually uh, what was it last year? They announced that um, tops lost the MLB license. It went to Fanatics, and then Fanatics bought tops. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, but what's weird is, is going back to what Tom said, the way baseball cards have changed and it turned into this whole thing um, is back when we were kids, we had that junk wax thing. So we had the explosion where everyone was going through buying baseball cards and they made so many of them that not a lot of it's worth much. Right. So you had the people that were 
wow, we sold a lot of baseball cards. Oh, no, we see this thing where the baseball cards imploded in itself. So now they put chase cards in there. So you get the the variants of the colors. You get the – if you people buy um, – when Tom said hobby packs versus uh, retail packs versus whatever, if you buy a hobby box, most of the time you're guaranteed two or three autos per box, and that's what people are going for. They're going for the, the colored cards or the auto cards. But if you look at, like, um, everything exploded during the pandemic – so you could have a PSA. Uh, PSA is another one that kind of not quite imploded, but there were so many. Um, let's look at Vladdy, uh, Vladdy Jr. His rookie card came out during the uh, pandemic. Um, when people were opening up, everyone started buying the cards. They were opening up then. So you had Vladdy, Pete Alonzo, Bobish had a couple other big name guys. There are so many PSA 10 of that card because there's so many of them. So people were sending them in that a PSA 10 of them is like a $5 card. It's worth less than the actual cost of getting it graded. So what a lot of people are going for now are the chase cards. And then I guess since 2000 something, um, tops are doing gold cards where it's limited to that year. So there's only like for 2005, there's only 2005 of the gold cards. So people are looking for the rookie cards of them now. So it's that thing where it's, it's to get people buying again, you have to do the super limited numbered cards right. and that's where you start to see the insane like uh i don't know why but tom was right it's like for some reason football i guess because there's more people watching i guess the sports are more popular now than baseball but the football and basketball cards can go for like tens of thousands of dollars for like a new guy's like oh it's it's crazy i just uh, I, was on, I was on twitter earlier and someone pulled a one of one um What's uh, her name uh, from Iowa State? Caitlin Clark, who was uh, came up big in the NCAA uh, women's uh, basketball, uh, particularly in the tournament last year. And um, Iowa State didn't even win it. Um, it was Iowa State? No, it was Iowa. Iowa. I'm sorry, Iowa Hawkeyes. And uh, that card apparently is valued at ten grand. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy where some of the stuff's going. Um, but some of those De La Cruz cards. Uh, Bob, you mentioned, um, yeah, they're 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 well into the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars already. It's it's crazy. No, obviously it's going to hit a bubble point. Rich, you're, you hit that that on like eventually get to a point where even with the stuff that's short printed or special or whatever, um, I don't know, the shine wears off too. So, oh yeah, it's like, um, I forget Upper Deck, whose logo is and hell their name. Is based on baseball. Uh, only has hockey now. Is that is that all they do? <laughs> yeah. They lost their baseball. Everybody but Tops lost their baseball license, and because, like Richie said, Fanatics got the MLB license and bought Tops. Well, that and like I know Panini does. Um, it's funny uh, Panini Donruss. Like yeah. they'll have the Donruss label underneath the Panini name, which. It's kind of disgusting because I I always love seeing Donruss as a Bob is showing us a ooh a DJ DJ the Mayhew uh, clubhouse um, ooh Tops Heritage yeah. uh, uniform card that's a good pull yeah. um, but no and that's the crazy thing like I loved it when we were kids because you had Tops are still to me always the gold standard even in the junk wax era Upper Deck I think kind of stole their thunder for a couple of years. The tops was always at the top of the game. Um, it's fun to always look at Fleer and Donruss. Um, you know, you, you had a Leaf come in there from Canada. <laughs> Opeachy. Opeachy. 
you had some interesting things floating around. So I've gone back in time a little bit. In the, are you guys familiar with Tops Tiffany at all? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was one of those things that like I was always aware of but never really had any. And then you can start looking around. And eBay, you can get some pretty decent Top Stephanie cards. Rich, are you familiar with Top Stephanie at all? Um, I know they're, like, nicer card stock and, like, white uh, white backs. I don't know. I've heard of them. I don't know where you originally got them from. Yeah, they're they're shorter prints. They're, they're still pretty common, though, because, like, I've picked up um, – like, I picked up a Schmidt 87 Tops Tiffany for, like, under three bucks. Um, I got like a 90 crook Tiffany for a dollar. I mean, they're still very cheap, but they're very nice cards. Like they look exactly like that year's set. And if you flip the back over though, it's very, like you said, Rich, it's very nice and shiny white. It's just a pretty card. It yeah. just looks nice. Um, and you can find like full Tiffany sets for relatively inexpensive. And I think that's the thing that if you go back in our era, prior to like the gold and all that stuff, that would be, you know, the, the parallel, if you will. Um, Cause otherwise we were just flooded with junk wax. And yeah. really the only thing we had to look for was Donruss diamond Kings. <laughs> Which one had the, there was one, I want to say it was upper deck where they had that. It was like, you, you would get the, um, give me a second, uh, Mr. Natural uh, baseball card from the movie. There was one that was um, the guy that was in Space Jam, Michael Jordan's card. It was ever whatever that said was. They had like cards that were super short print from that kind of thing. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you're right. I mean, we, we, yeah, it was just, yeah. Uh, and I think one of them, it may have been Donruss. Um, you could for a while like they had those uh there was like a mickey mantle signed card in one set or um other you know signed hall of famer stuff like before signatures were a big a big thing it's like they were one of the first ones that started that yeah and that's the cool thing now like you still find even tops in their regular sets they'll do one one of one cut signatures of players that are long gone i think this year they threw like a jackie robinson in there and so they've been doing this for years though um, and that's just really cool. Like that's that's the part of the chase, right? Yeah. Uh, you're looking for that, and I. But I think going back to the breaking part of this is what that's what really frustrates me is that um, because you can't get your hands on certain packs or boxes or whatever because they're sold out so fast because you have people they're being brought up by these breakers, and um, now people are breaking them online, which is fine. That's that's part of the business, right? I mean, that's how people make money. But then, you know, some of these people that are just maybe not necessarily, um, you know, maybe they were legitimate for a few months and then they realized they came across something that was going to pay off their car. Um, and then they, to me, they turn into a criminal at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's about where I feel with that part of it. It's just, it's a disgusting part of it. And I, it sucks because it's like when we were kids, yeah, granted the market was flooded with just basically garbage but like it was still cool to chase the griffey rookie speaking or, of which the uh 1989 tops traded tiffany factory sealed on ebay 1277 dollars with that griffey rookie in it yeah so that was a, a little more than what i'll spend but <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. I'll give I'll give my dollar to John Crook ninety Tiffany all day. <laughs> was it back? This was back when we were kids. I don't know the year. Bob will probably know. But um, I bought that uh, George Brett card that you can only get the Desert Storm one with a little gold stamp on it. Ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety one tops. Yep. Yep. And like a regular ninety one George Brett's worth probably nothing, but that uh, other one I think it cost me a little under hundred bucks somewhere somewhere around that. Yeah, they were rare. You can only get them on yeah. uh, on bases and stuff. And yeah, I, occasionally I'll see like the ninety one like checklists come up that are graded, like the checklist. Nothing crazy, which, yeah, kids, if you're listening to this, a checklist used to be exactly that. Card number one is this. Card number two is this. They're going for three or four hundred bucks out of that set. And that yeah, that's just that's for the freaking the Desert Storm ones. Like yeah, it's crazy. Because nobody yeah. gives a shit about the checklist. You know what the, You know what we use the checklist for, or what I use the checklist for? Checklist was the top card and the bottom card on the rubber bands. Yeah, so it didn't break it. Um, yeah. There was one year in the 60s, though, where Mickey Mantle was on the checklist, and people want that one just because Mickey Mantle's Like, it's a little tiny picture of his floating head at the top of the checklist. And that's, <laughs> that's a Mantle card. Hey, you know what? Some people, hey, if that's some people's only yeah. Mantle card, that's more than one I got. I mean, <laughs> My dad, oh, my dad, when he he told me that when they were little and they lived in Barrington, he and his brothers used to put their ba- they used to put the baseball cards in the corner of the attic, and that's where they stored them because it kept them like stacked up. And he said when they moved, they left all their baseball cards there. And he said, "Oh yeah, I had I had Mickey Mantle rookie cards. I had Nolan Ryan. I had this. I had that." I'm like, Dad, <laughs> the hell. <laughs> Yeah, now there's apparently there's a 16.7 and a 69. Uh, but that's the other thing, too. So um, I think that's the other cool part of the hobbies, if you look back. So eBay is your friend in, in this. And, hey, look, you can go and look all sorts of ways different through eBay, however you view it, as far as, um, you know, card collecting, if it's worth it or not. I mean, I'm sure you could find a hobby shop or a show somewhere where something might be cheaper, but... Um, I've, I've, you know, fairly recently picked up cards from the fifties for under a dollar. So, I mean, you can still get things that are, you know, maybe not in the greatest shape, but I'm not going for things that are graded either. You know, um, that's just not, uh, yeah, maybe a couple things would be cool to have graded, but mm. I'm not paying several hundred dollars for something that I, I just want something from that era. I think what we should do, and Tom, I mentioned this to you, but I think I think the three of us should go in and buy one of those graded, like the the membership or whatever the fuck it is, and then we can just send in cards, like you know, we can send in however many cards, maybe make a little bit of money. Yeah, maybe that's be... how the noise brigade breaks big. Break, get it? <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, no, um, but it's but it's crazy though that uh, Rich you mentioned the, the uh, or, you know Bob the the whole PSA thing. Well, that's a whole nother. The PSA is the was it professional sports authenticators? Is that what that stands for? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, because it's expensive to get stuff graded, and then you end up with the the grading process costing more than the card's worth. Right. That's a, another problem. I uh, I own one graded card, and it was only just because I wanted to make sure it was uh, authentic. 
because I didn't know anything about cards. Well, I still don't know anything about cards. It's I got a PSA five, uh, the Jordan, uh, the George Brett, um, Lightsmith rookie card. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that. I, I have one. I have one PSA card. I have a PSA ten Justin Crawford, who's in the Phillies minor system. It was uh, all all of eight dollars. I thought for sure you were going to say that it was one of those porno cards. Oh yeah, do you have those PSA graded, Rich? Uh, no, none of them are great. They're all sticky. The, the surface is penis uh, <laughs> <Famous> stickiness. <laughs> but what's the A stand for? <laughs> it turns it in. And it has that. It has that designation. Says altered. <laughs> I do own um, not a lot, but I, I bought some graded comics here and there, and um, I did uh, talk about. But I, I think I joined the smallest tier for the. CGC, the comic book rating one, but I never, I sent one thing into their signature service and that was about it. Like they did on um, in-house signings. So I sent something there. So, okay. So this is actually, it's kind of great. I'm glad you said the comic book rating thing because that was going to lead me into the next part of what I was curious about from both of you guys. Because this grading thing just doesn't lend itself to cards and obviously comic books. The video games have gotten this treatment too. So it, see, I, <laughs> I don't. I love <laughs> For a long time, I I put aside getting graded comics because I think comics should be read. But when you're buying sixty I mean, comic books from nineteen, if a comic book came out in nineteen fifty nine, and and you have it today, how many years is that? I drank too much. That's like sixty seven year old comic. Um. At this point, you're spending a grand, and you want to make sure that the comic's authentic and that it's not going to get damaged. Having in one of them PSA holders, not PSA, CGC for comic book holders is a good thing. Um, same thing with baseball cards. I, I, I think if you're – if you trust the authenticating company, and that's the big deal. That's that's the thing. We're going into video games. Um, WADA, the people that graded video games, lost a lot of their um, – faith the, the the people lost the faith in the grading company because of some shady things going on um but psa and cgc um have been around long enough and they have the the visibility that wada didn't have where you can see population um statistics and stuff so you know how many um going back to, to psa you know how many psa 9 mickey mantle 1952s there are there's uh, four or five, whatever the hell the number is. Um, so you're knowing if you you buy one of them um, as one of the ones off the list. Um, right, and, and I don't mean to, to interrupt you, but PSA has yeah. it where you can publicly search yeah, exactly. yeah, that yeah. number, which is really nice for anybody. Yeah. So even if, even if you have it in your collection, um, you can search it yourself or, you know, hey, I've got this for sale. Somebody can easily say, oh, that number matches exactly what you're selling. So... The, the problem is a lot of people saw how grading something affects the value. So you had a pile of these other grade, grading companies pop up where they're, you know, you send it into them, you pay a much lower fee. Uh, they grade it, whatever, and then put it in their plastic cases and people think, oh, well, I got this graded by whatever. And um, especially with cards, you see a lot of, I mean, I know there's, there's the three big ones are PSA, Beckett, and, um, CG, whatever the black border ones are, I forget what they are. PG something. Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the Blackwater ones, people send the older ones to you first, I guess, because they look better in the Blackwater cases. But Beckett and PSA are too big, too biggies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, I have uh, two Beckett cards and a one PSA card. And I know Chalkman, there's a S, is SGC or something? Be something like that, yeah. It's for yeah, S, uh, yeah, CSG or SGC sports card or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh, then, it, um, the tag is very simple. Yeah. Basically, it's it's and, not and a lot with to comic it. Comic books, it's CGC, or if you have something, CGC won't do um, signature authentications. So if you have a signed comic, you have to send it to um, another company. PS, no, I forget that. A little too too drunk right now to know who it is um but you have to send it to them because they'll actually authenticate the signature and grade it but um people like cgc better because they've been around longer so you get a little hot and that's what it is it's all comes down to the people's faith in the grading company and then even with the baseball cards um it's, it's fascinating I've been watching this guy uh i can't think of his name now on youtube but he'll do um submissions to the grading company he'll tell you he'll say if you submit it to uh psa you're getting uh, this amount of money from a seven to a nine. If you submit it to the other grading company, you're getting 30% less just because it's this other grading company. But then you've got, like like you said, turnaround times where everyone's submitting it to PSA right now. So you could have like a six to seven month waiting period. And if you're submitting a brand new card to them, like this guy that you're just talking about, Dale Cruz or whatever, or let's look at um, Shoei Otani. Uh, is that his name? Yeah. 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 Um, He's doing better now, so his cards are starting to go up in price. But for a while, he wasn't doing so. So if you're doing something where you want to sell the card right away, you can't wait the seven months to get it graded by PSA. So it might be better to take the – so it all depends on what you're doing um, with this stuff. And that gets in the grade. Like I said, um, until I started buying higher-end stuff, I, I never agreed with the grading. But I know that the investment won't hold unless the stuff's graded. Like right. I have comic books now. That's the reason why I bought it or not bought it. I bought a membership into CGC is there's some comics that I was thinking about selling and I know to get the most out of those comics, I got to get them graded. Yeah. And so I was curious though. I know Bob, I saw you put your head in your hands whenever I said it on the, uh, the video game aspect of that. Uh, Cause Rich, you made a great comment and said, you know what? Comic books are meant to be read. Yeah. Um, which hundred percent. I agree. I mean, uh, video games, a whole nother level of that though. Um, because yeah, you, you can burn through a comic book pretty fast. You know, let's 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 not kid ourselves here. That, that we're done in 20, 30 minutes, um, even after admiring every little I, image. I, say, I mean, not to interrupt you, but I still, I still read comics and I still buy comics. But I don't read the comics I buy. I buy the comics that I really like and like put them in the basement in a box and then read them on the iPad. Like I read everything digitally now, so I don't have to worry about the, uh, you know. They just they're, they're there. It's just it's a convenience more than anything else. And that's the thing. I feel like if I if I still collected comics, like I subscribe to um, Comicsology Unlimited, and so I've been I recently did that, uh, and so I'm I'm finally catching up on a lot of the stories that I knew bits and pieces of from reading stuff online and whatever. Because I even though I didn't buy comics anymore, I still followed the storylines. Um, so I'm catching up. But I feel like now that Rich, that's actually probably the smartest way to do it is to if you if you're a comic collector and you're serious about keeping your collection intact and and, and good, for lack of better, you you buy the actual physical copy, bag it and board it, put it away, read it digitally, because honestly, let's let's be let's be real here. 
looking at it that way as a collector, it's almost, it, it is an investment, right? And comic books ain't cheap anymore. When we were younger, you get them for a buck and a quarter, buck 50, you know, what's, what's the average price of, what is it like three ninety nine four fifty yeah, for Spider Man? This book was six bucks. What uh, was uh, Armageddon game number five or number whatever the last one Jeez. is? Number eight. Uh, it looks like I, I want to say three ninety nine is probably the average price. Right, and that's not. And yeah. what you get like is Spider Man still weekly? A Spider Man. Marvel does this for all their shit. Amazing Spider-Man, I think, might be weekly, but there's also like nine subtitles of Spider-Man. That's right. yeah. so because that, and that's what pushed me out. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. Was, I mean, well, one more day pushed me out too, but I still hadn't given up even after one more day. I, I just gave up on Amazing Spider-Man, uh, but especially when it went month or when it went weekly. So four not or three ninety nine a week. Plus, whatever other books are coming out that week, so Wolverine, X-Men, uh, The Flash, you know, and then whatever extra books are coming out, then Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Deadpool, every, you know, and it just adds up. And when the cheapest shit you're getting is $3.99 and that's every fucking week, mm -hmm. it adds up really quick. So, yeah, you know what? Like Stan Lee said, comic books are like boobs. You can look at them on the internet, and that's great. But all things considered, I'd rather hold them in my hand. That still stands true, but they're fucking expensive now, and it's easier to to it, it's easier to just look at them on the internet at this point. So, comic books, I one hundred percent, I'm with you on that. With 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 bagging and boarding and reading. Yeah, and and, and no, I, I I agree completely too. It's like, hey, I want to you know protect the investment, if you will, and I have another way to enjoy it. Right. Um, throw it on the iPad, throw it on whatever your device is that you're doing uh, the reading on. Um, video games, different realm, though. Um, and then you have these insane things about classic video games that are boxed, graded, whatever, that are going for more than houses. Right. Um, it's just a weird thing. I, uh, I just went to too many games last month. This month? This month. Maybe. No. I don't remember when it was wasn't that long ago, and um, I was telling my mom coming back that it's time to sell the shit in the basement because I got I got several million dollars in the basement according to these people. I don't know if they were selling stuff at this thing, but people are having just the prices on some of this stuff is insane now. I don't know yeah. where. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. And, and it's the pandemic really fucked. I mean, all right. I'm not gonna say it. To, I'm not gonna say it the way I was gonna say it because it because it would minimize a lot of other things. Thing, things are starting to normalize a little bit from the pandemic. Baseball cards are definitely normalizing. Uh, comics are coming down a little bit. I'm glad I didn't buy anything during the pandemic. I'm really glad I didn't buy anything during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I bought like packs of cards. Like for whatever reason, I was buying uh, Pokemon cards, during, and I haven't bought any since, which is good because I don't need any more. I'm looking at my basement. I got all this bulk. Like I've been getting them to my nephew. Like here you go. You like Pokemon cards, right? Here's here's some stuff. But um, yeah, that, that that jacked up the prices of everything. But we're still seeing some stuff inflated, even with. I mean, the economy is doing a little better, but it's not good. So it's weird to see the prices where they are for for this kind of stuff. Well, what kills me is games like. 
like Super Mario Baseball, Super Mario All-Star, whatever the fuck the GameCube version of it was, right? I remember buying it new for 50 bucks. I remember it becoming one of the greatest hits and dropping down to 20 or whatever the fuck Nintendo priced those at. Maybe it was 30, I don't know. And I I remember pretty for a long time you could see it in video game stores for like between 20 and and 40 bucks. Explain to me why it's now $200. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I know. It's a I great saw... game, but during the pandemic, right before the pandemic, somewhere around there, I had my uh, my surround sound receiver broke, and like, well, I don't want to spend cash, so I grabbed um, GB Robo and the Paper Mario and Fire Emblem for the GameCube. And for those three games, I got like fifteen hundred bucks. You're like, okay, well, that works. And that was at a store. Like, I took it to a retail place that were going to resell them. So huh. I don't know what they marked them up to. It was like, okay, well, I got my receiver and some speakers. Worked out well. All I right. Get, I don't know. Mario Baseball dropped back down. Yeah. So hey, it's you're seeing things normal. Things are starting to normalize a little bit. Now let's see if my my. Favorite one that bites me in the ass every time I look it up has come back down. Uh, Cubivore. <laughs> nope. oh, I thought I thought you were looking up. Uh, what was that Custer's? Custer's Revenge. Revenge? Yeah, right <laughs> I, I have a sealed copy of that that I should go get graded by Wada. Yeah, see. see? <laughs> yeah. No, so... there, there was a guy. This was a couple of years ago. I, you know, that's the other thing is we've been. I, I don't know. We, we, we've been collecting our stuff so long now that like we bought this stuff either when it first came out or when it was really cheap. So like now should definitely be the time. It's looking at like go, but it's like, well, I only paid like 50 bucks for this. If I can get $400 worth, I should sell. Right. But it's hard to, hard to do it. Um, somebody was selling, it was, uh, the, I got Custer's Revenge, beat them and eat them. And I forget what the third one is, but <laughs> I paid like 50 bucks each for them sealed on eBay. It's something, it's a night, right? It's like, I, I don't remember what the third. There was there was a. It's couple the one where things. the where the knights running across the bridge and his dong is just bouncing, right? It, it might be. <laughs> and then I got a I got a, a loose um, copy of uh, Custer's Revenge too. Yeah, which we played. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, now Cubivore Cubivore disc only, still, uh, three hundred dollars. Yeah, well, I sold. I had a complete in box copy of. Um, Earthbound. I paid one fifty for it. I sold it for three and thought I, I got a deal. I think now it's like a. I think I've seen people selling it, trying to sell it for three thousand dollars at the show. I don't know what it actually goes for. It's like man. Uh, I between two thousand and three thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I had the opportunity to buy. The cartridge, the cartridge alone is three thirty-two. Now I had a, I had a chance to buy it for a thousand, or not for a thousand. Um, yeah, that that would have been a great fucking deal. Yes. I had a chance to buy it for seventy-five dollars, and I, I passed. I was like, yeah, seventy-five dollars is too much. I can, I can emulate it. And that's the thing, like, man, it came, it came on the. If you got the the mini console, I think it came on that. 
Yeah, it did. Yeah. And yeah. I think you can play it on the Switch too. Yeah, it's on yeah. it's on the online service. And that's the that's the and kicker of it too. It's like I've tried it... to play it ten times now and couldn't get into it. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I'm just saying I Oh, can't. I loved it. Yeah. I, I do no, I'm with Richie, I'm with you on that one because I just never could I got I love yeah. the characters from it. I love seeing them pop up in other things. I just never could get into that game. Yeah. Earthbound I, Zero, I tried a couple times. I bought like a translated copy of that for the Game Boy and um couldn't get into that either. That was the Mother Zero or whatever the first one was yeah. called. No, I, I played through the first or through Earthbound and beat it. And I loved it. But I'll admit there were some some parts that were exceedingly frustrating. Like there's a part where you have to actually put your controller down. Well, I mean, you don't have to put it down, but you can't touch any buttons for like five minutes or something like that. Cause there's an inter you have to talk to a character, wait exactly five minutes, and then the character will let you in. But if you touch any buttons on the controller, it resets the timer. Uh -huh. You have to go for five minutes without touching a button. And then the guy's like, okay, you can come in now. Like there's some stupid shit, which is why it came with that book because you need to know you can't touch any buttons for five minutes or else you're never getting through that fucking door. Yeah. And that, you know, but, um, but, uh, you know, kind of going back to the collecting part of that though. And I think we've all just kind of came to that point here. It's like, how much money is that going for, for a copy of, you know, ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, yeah, you know what, if I really want to play it, like I'll just subscribe to the service. Or I can emulate it in another way that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, I, I got a Raspberry Pi four connected. Right. I, I never mean, used, but if I ever wanted to turn it on, there's like every game ever. Yeah, it's I don't know. It just I guess it really boils down to how much you're into it. Um, but then I think that's the crazy thing about that whole part of it. It's like the graded part of that. I, I don't know. You know, it's like you can't. I guess you could theoretically you could sit there and be like, you know what? I have this PSA 10 uh, Mickey Mantle rookie card, um, and I have it. It's worth all this money, and it's awesome, and it's great. But I can't emulate it. I mean, I could draw it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth anything. Right. But, you know, it's – I don't know. It's weird. I think that's what the part of the whole video game grading thing is weird for me. It's like, yeah, I mean, I know I realize it's short-printed and whatever, I X, Y, Z. But I don't know. It's just – it's a strange – Strange part of that hobby. I don't know. It's um everything boils down when you get into grading. It's 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 really being boiled down to an investment. And if you listen to some of the people that have done deep dives into the the video game grading specifically, it's a lot. Of, I I don't know how true any of this is, but a lot of people theorize that it was um people who were coming from coin collecting went from coin collecting with the grading stuff to comic book collection to the grading stuff. And they said, well, we already have all this stuff. What's the next thing we can get into? And it was video games. And it's the the coin collectors and people who were into that whole grading thing created that whole graded video game thing. But they created it with some shady people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like you got to grade the fact that it's sealed and yeah. then the, the box itself and then just this other stuff with it. And yeah, it's just it's gotta be like people who know what they're grading too. Like some of the, the WADA specific stuff that was graded, people know that it's, it's, there's some repos that got graded as genuine stuff. Right. Mm. Yeah. Cause they didn't know what they were doing because they weren't video game experts. They were just people that were starting up. 
And that's what, and, and that's one of the, the really bad things about the whole. Like, look, I'm sorry. I feel like grading, grading comic books makes sense. Grading baseball cards makes sense, especially baseball cards, because you can see it doesn't affect your ability to enjoy the card at all, unless you're trying to put it in your the spikes of your or spokes of your bike. You know, can't do that with a graded card. Other than that. Everything else you want to do with it, you can do. You can look at it. You can see. Perfect. It completely destroys the entire idea of having the video game. Well, the the one thing where it almost makes sense is the sealed stuff. Like, yeah. if you guarantee it's an authentic seal, and, and you're getting that great. Yeah, that, that, to me, like, that's if you're buying... It, it, at that point, copies, it's, right? I mean, yeah, it's an, it's an investment. Like, you're buying... Say, say you're, you're expecting that to go up in in cost, or there to be not many of them around. But you have to—that's the whole thing. Knowing about the population reports, knowing how many of them were sold. Like if you look at people, um, for a big for for a while rather, it was um, Mario sixty four was the one that kept going up and up in price. But if you look at that, it's like, well, everyone that had a Nintendo sixty four had a copy of Mario sixty four. Because it was like one of the only games that came out when the system came out, like a, a launch game. It was like um, that and Gex. Yeah, it was also like a million sellers. So you have the the whatever ones, and there's probably a pile of them sitting in warehouses still yet. It's not necessarily that old, all things considered. Yeah, so there there's that whole thing. But what what what's even worse than video game grading, which again I I don't under unless it's sealed, I don't understand it either. Is there's VHS grading now. Now, VHS was never the best way to watch anything ever. (laughs) People that are are trying to sell VHS tapes for thousands of dollars because people, again, a lot of this is just the pandemic made people crazy, and hopefully people are coming back to their senses now. But during that, it was just, I I collect, I mean, obviously I collect a lot of things. The pandemic sucked for me. Like, I'm not paying this price for anything that's out. I I don't want to, I mean, it was just, it was insane. It was it was horrible. So I stopped. I sold um, all my N sixty four loose games. I sold all my GameCube games because I bought a GameCube emulator. Like, well, I don't you know. GameCube wasn't my thing anyway. I never had one when it first came out. So I was like, oh, I didn't pay a lot of these. I can get a lot of money for these now. This is something easy for me to let go of. And um, I started buying more comics because they were reasonable for a while, and then now they're they're not. Well, I mean, they're getting better again. And it's just like I said, I hope things normalize a little bit. I don't own any graded people grade toys too. And that's the other thing that um like again, they're supposed to be played with, but I can understand that, you know, if they're sealed or whatever, you're again, that's an, an investment thing. But with <laughs> with toys and video games specifically, I think they're going to be limited to the people that have nostalgic feelings for them. Mm-hmm. If you look towards um, some of the collectibles of the past, um, I think with comic books, because these characters are evergreen, like Superman's always going to be popular. Spider-Man's always going to be popular. So new fans are always going to want those early issues of, well, this is where Spider-Man came from. Let's either read them or if they have money, let's buy them. Um, but if you look at Elvis collectibles, they're not worth anything anymore because everyone who ever liked Elvis is dead. Uh, toy trains, they're not worth a lot anymore because everyone who collected toy trains are either really old and dying or dead. And it's been left to their um, 
children and whoever and like well they have no involvement in this other than the fact that their parents or loved ones like these so let's just get rid of these for whatever um i will i'm, I'm gonna fight you on that one i'm gonna fight you on that one real quick because my aunt does just like nanny work essentially and one of the houses that she goes to in north or in south carolina um they're just super duper rich and dude has an entire and he's not old he's i think he's our age or younger and he has an entire like the entire bottom floor of their house is model trains and shit and he's got like a an entire like town and stuff built and all these fucking model trains that go all over the place. It's creepy. But are yeah. they the old line out trains or are they the newer? Let's make everything look super uh, real to life as possible. Kind of both. Yeah. He has collect. He has a collection of them. He's got old ones and new ones. So creepy. Anyway, there- sorry, continue. I was gonna uh, say this real quick though. I know we've kind of run the gamut on you know card grading and comic books and video games and toys and whatever. Um, is there anything oddball, Rich or Bobby, you're seeing that's being graded these days? That's just like what in the world's going on here? I, nothing as odd as VHS tapes. That's like that's who the fuck. I mean, eventually they just they. I mean, I guess maybe if you keep on playing them, they they don't like. Well, that's the thing. It's not. I don't think it's. I don't know if anybody's getting non-sealed ones graded, but it's just weird. So eventually, what they're doing is essentially just the tape is melting to itself, and it's just going to be a puck. Could be. That's the other thing too. Is if you ever buy or ever look at. Um, old big box PC games and other things that came in those big cardboard boxes. Um, records too. If you find like sealed records that haven't been open, eventually that plastic on there contracts. Yeah. It heats and it starts to actually wreck the, uh, the packaging that they're in. Yeah. No, I had a, I actually had two sealed records. I had a sealed uh, blue album by Weezer and a sealed um, concrete and gold or no. Uh, what the what the fuck was the album? I don't know. A sealed Foo Fighters album. Yeah, it's concrete and gold. And I had put them while we were moving and stuff. I had put my one of my record crates in the garage, and because of the heat, the shrink wrap popped through. Yeah, or the record popped through the shrink wrap because the shrink wrap continued to shrink when they were no longer brand new. Um. So yeah, I think it would be remiss though if we. Didn't mention, you know, obviously PSA we've talked about here. Uh, but PSA also grades magazines, newspaper clippings. Um, you know, fucking newspaper clippings? Yeah, just weird things. Um, apparently, they've rated uh, Super 8 millimeter video boxes because they have people on them, sports characters. Uh, what about um, pubes? Do they do they grade pubes? It's, it's possible. Hair um, clippings? Like like celebrity hair clippings, will they do that? I don't know, but it... but you can probably send them the JSA to get authenticated. Because again, uh, they won't authenticate stuff at uh, PSA, so you have to get the the JSA, the James Sledge people, the Justice Society of America. Yeah. 